to the Smells Like Middle-Aged Spirit Podcast. What smells so bad? It's strong, but you'll get used to it. Now here's your hosts, Nick Stevenson yeah, and buddy. Chris Clark. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it is that time again. Whatever time of day it is, wherever you may be listening in the world, you've just tuned in to episode 7 of the Smells Like Middle-Aged Spirit podcast. You know the deal by now. My name's Nick Stevenson. My man Chris Clark's in the building. What's going on, fella? What's up, my brother? Hey, man. Proud to be here at episode 7 of the Smells Like Middle-Aged Spirit podcast. And it is all in the family, part 3. And I am proud to introduce everybody to my baby brother, a.k.a. JT, a.k.a. DJ Mulatto, Joshua Stevenson in the building. What's good, bro? Man, how y'all doing today? Doing great. Doing great. Glad to have you here. And your lovely significant other is also with you. Ellie, what's going on? Hey, guys. All righty. So I know you're a little bit nervous about doing this. And I promise you, we're, we're going to make you sound good. By the time <laughs> you're does. done, you're going to get all the phone calls, trying to get you on the radio. He does it's good. To me every week. Every week. <laughs> so, no, but we're going to have a good time. I've been really proud of what we've done with this All in the Family series, uh, kind of giving people a behind-the-scenes, behind-the-curtain look at just what our family dynamic is. Yeah, for sure. And so I especially wanted to make sure I got you on here. You've been shouted out on this on this podcast yeah, a few times. That. I appreciate that, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, first off, man, let me say that uh, just being here, man, I'm proud to be here because, you know, I remember you coming to me a few months ago and just like, hey, man, uh, I think about doing a podcast. And, you know, as you talk to some of the episodes, sometimes uh, the self-doubt that comes in that you deal with right? Um, to be sitting here right now with microphones and, and headphones and we're sitting here doing it, you know, and that's, you know, yeah. you spoke it into existence. And I'm proud of both of y'all, man, that uh, I really enjoy the show, especially at work, pop my headphones in and, you know, you guys have me rolling. You know? <laughs> we appreciate that, man. Yeah, appreciate I've learned, that. definitely just- learned more about you guys since y'all started this and then yeah, even, man. Even, you know, even you, you know, as my brother, I've learned more about you just listening to the show, you know, yeah. so it's been we're trying good. to do the damn thing, man. That's, That's what we're trying to do. And this whole, this whole thing was about connecting with people and uh, you can probably attest to this. Sometimes in your life, the people who cut for you the hardest are not necessarily the people that are closest to you because the people closest to you, they know you and they yeah. know your flaws. They know all the things that you yeah. don't do well, right? Yeah, for And sure. so sometimes people on the outside looking in, they get super excited. Like, oh, Nick's starting a podcast. They don't know anything about me other yeah. than maybe what they know from work or in happenstance coming across each other. So they get hype about it. And sometimes the people who are closest to you in certain situations just don't really get all that excited about it. I'm proud to say that that is not the case for any of us. Yeah, yeah. The people closest to us, have been sure. cutting so hard on this thing, man. They've been sharing it. Absolutely. They've been shouting us out, letting their friends yeah. know about it. And yeah. that's what there's a reason at this point we have over fifteen hundred listens to this yeah. to this show. It's incredible. And seven episodes in. Like, I don't know that many people. Yeah, I was no. thinking like y'all <laughs> yeah. would listen and maybe, you know, we always say our wives and moms, you know. Yeah. But this thing is moving and it's moving because the people closest to us are helping to do that. Yeah. So we appreciate you guys. And it's it's awesome to have you on here. I'm happy to be here, man. From the outside looking in, I definitely noticed the support you guys have. And it, that's one thing that uh, caught my eye because a lot of times, especially, uh, the, you know, in my history of, of things like 
whenever you decide oh, I'm going to do something, it's usually the people close to you like, yeah, okay, you know, yeah, 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 oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah sure, of you're going to do that. And it's yeah. like in, in my in my time, the people that supported me the most in the thing sometimes are the people that you never even met before. They just come across yeah. your product and like, yeah. hey, man, I really like this. Because, for you. because you they know? don't know about the 500 other things you said you were going to do <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> that you yeah. didn't do, right? Exactly. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's usually how it ends up. But I'm glad you're here, bro. It's the return of the Buzz Lightyear show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Slash Boo Boo Radio. <laughs> I remember those are like, you know, in, in those younger days, I don't remember too, too much, but those are definitely some memories that, that stand out, uh, messing with the tape recorders, yeah. and, you know, and, and doing sometimes, sometimes I forget how young you were when we yeah, were doing that, man. Like, you're sure. not even in first grade yet. For sure. And uh, mom getting us that keyboard, like, that was a yeah. game changer. First of all, growing <laughs> yeah. up, we didn't have a lot of money, yeah. you know, and we didn't celebrate holidays, so gifts were not guaranteed. Yeah. So when you got something, you really yeah. appreciate it. And our parents did the best they could. When they when they got that keyboard, man, that was yeah. we stayed on that thing. That's all we did was mess on that keyboard. And then <laughs> once we got the tape recorder yeah. involved, I wanted to ask you if you remember our debut album, because <laughs> we didn't just do radio shows. We also we came up uh, with a debut yeah. album. The first the first time I remember us doing a fake song on rec- like actually sitting down and recording. And I don't know where we came up with it. I remember my uncle John had bought me a train set from a garage sale. Yeah, and it had these huge tubs, and we used those as drums, and we used <laughs> yeah. the tennis. The train tracks uh, yeah, was inside, yeah. and so it's all, yeah. The yeah. train tracks yeah. were inside yeah. the tub, so when you hit it, it sounded like a snare drum. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome! That's awesome. I think uh, the guitar was just basically me stringing a tennis racket going down. <laughs> yeah, it was total total yeah. mouth guitar. We, we what was it? Car shop was the first song I remember. Uh, yeah, it didn't make any sense. The it name, was, the, the name stupid. of the band. This was funny. <laughs> So we had a tape recorder using cassettes. That's aging us a little bit. And we were using those blank cassettes. And I remember I found a tag that came off of a pair of jeans. You know, like the the tag that you rip off after you buy them. And it was called Classic Style. And I was like, that's going to be our band name. (laughs) Classic Style. Right? (laughs) So I actually took, you know, the tape. The cassettes used to come in those little plastic uh-huh. sleeves, yeah. so I actually took that and I slid it in there. That was our album cover. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> and then we made up, we just, so Josh gets the tennis racket and he's hitting the, my snare drum was that tub with the train tracks in it. And then I stole a couch pillow for the bass. And mama was going to kill us because you remember where my drumsticks were? I don't remember. My uh, drumsticks came off the damn, the shades. Yeah, so, you know, yeah, the, the stick yeah, that yeah, you open yeah. up, close the shades with? <laughs> I broke that bitch off and snapped it in half. And I had two. <laughs> so I had two yeah. drumsticks. And as a parent, I understand it now. Like, as kids, we thought we were, like, being super creative. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, man, this sounds yeah, good. Yeah. And, like, hey, mom hey. comes in. She's like, what the hell is going on in here? Yeah, we was a it's hood band, though. So I start, you know, I got the couch pillow and the snare drum and we're hitting and then we're just making up songs as we go yeah. and uh josh was the lead singer of course you know i had his backup the what the reason that that is such a special memory to me though man is because number one we were just doing the best with what we had right yeah. we didn't have all the fancy shit yeah. we have always had creative minds yeah and we didn't necessarily grow up in an environment that was conducive to that creativity to think about how doing this podcast now like this desire has been in me for a long time. That's and true. I referenced your name, DJ Mulatto, because you have decided to take your creativity 
and invested into music yeah. and being a DJ and making your own custom music, screwing yeah. and chopping. And yeah. I know from experience by doing this, I just know that feeling you get on the inside. When you sit down, you yeah. put those headphones on, you just create something. Yeah. And that's always been inside of us. Yeah. And so I want to talk a little bit about us growing up because we got a little bit of uh, Chris's history <laughs> about <laughs> yeah, the goofy sure. stuff that, yeah. that him and his and his brother did you and i growing up in the environment that we did i've talked about a little bit our religious background first of all i want everybody to know that i i by no means believe that i had a bad childhood yeah and i don't i don't think you feel that way either it's just it's different and you don't yeah. realize when we were when we were growing up we were just living our lives like yeah. nobody ever thought to themselves oh man i wish at least for me i never thought to myself oh man i wish i was growing up in a different circumstance yeah I, I remember thinking back to like you talk about you know making the music and stuff, and if only I knew you know as an adult what those moments would mean because you know life comes fast sometimes, and uh, I know that the age gap between us, uh, the poverty, like mom and dad were you know more financially struggling during your childhood when you know my memories start coming in when we lived and like moved to the Cypress area. Uh, right, you know Jersey. That you're in between yeah, Daddy was on, Daddy Jersey was on the come up then. Yeah, he, so. he, he was coming up, and uh, eventually he ended up getting that job to go to California. And when I we, we moved there, I mean, we went from you know just living in a, a regular, you know, probably I'd say like middle class. We show up to California, and we got this like five bedroom, three and a half bath, two flights of stairs, upstairs, downstairs, three car garage. I was like, man, we made it. Yeah. Like, man, like, we're, we're, you know what I'm saying? We're like, man, forget <laughs> Texas, you know what I'm saying? Like, we yeah. Hollywood now. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. but so the, and like those memories that we have of like just having fun and, and playing, like, I wish I'd have held on to those and I realized how short lived they would be. Yeah. Because like, if you really break down that timeline, uh, I think like four years later, mom and dad are getting a divorce. Yeah. You're getting married. Yeah. And that's when, you know, a lot of people always talk about, you know, how different we are. And and, and I, I realize now as I get older how much we have in common. Yeah. And especially listening to this show, uh, how you're, you know, the way you feel about a lot. I'm like, man, dude, like, I, I understand this stuff yeah, that we never talked about. It's DNA. Know? And I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, though, because people don't understand that you and I have quite a big age gap. Yeah. It seems more like an age gap, more of an age gap when you're kids as adults now. The age gap really doesn't matter. But I was almost seven years old when you were born. You, I don't know if you remember this. You used to worship the ground I walked on, bro. Aww, yeah, for sure. Like, all the way up until, really, until we moved to California. Yeah. Nick was my definitely my first uh, role model. You know, my, my dad, he, you know, I, I don't have anything against my dad. I won't call him uh, a bad father. He, was, he did you know, the best he could. He's a good man. Yeah. He focused a lot on work and it, mm -hmm. and it, it occupied his time a lot. Yeah. You know, my yeah. dad went from climbing poles and installing cable to sitting in a seat, you know, in a, in a, in an office, yeah. you know, in a, in, in a high rise building because uh -huh. he worked his ass off. Yeah. Um, so I'm not, you know, he was always about taking care of us, but there was time that wasn't there. And I, most of my time as a young child was with Nick. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, um, you know, Nick was real big into singing and dancing. And, you know, like yeah. every time we pick him up from school, he'd have like this wave of ladies behind him. And I'd be like, ooh, mom, look at Nick, you know. But I'm like, dude, like, what is it with this guy? Like, you know, yeah. people just attracted to him. And, uh, you know, he was never in like, you know, a, a bad influence or like encouraging. Yeah. You know, he was always, he wasn't in trouble. He wasn't doing things. Um, you know, and I really looked up to what he did and, you know, I, even though I was, at that time I was probably like super annoying to him cause I was like the little brother I was like, Hey, yeah. you, you can go out, but yeah. you gotta take your little brother. And this dude be like, 
<laughs> on the phone, hey guys, so, I'm coming, but I gotta bring Josh. You know what I mean? So yeah, that brings me to something, and I I appreciate all those kind words, but it makes me think about where I did slip up. That's that because of that age gap. Yeah, you was on my nerves. I'm gonna be honest with you, man. I was really mean to you, probably from age when I became a teenager. I would say when we moved to California, I think about some stuff, and that, it's just being a young kid, being a teenager. But I was not very nice to you about a lot of things. I remember because yeah. you did used to look up to me about a lot of things. I even remember, you know, because I was, like you said, I was in the singing. I was going to be the next boys to men. I was going to be the next in sync. <laughs> and even Josh would try to get in there and cut and sing with me. Yeah. I was so critical of him about not being as good at things that I was good at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember we used to play basketball. Competitive, man. Yeah. We used to play best. basketball. Keep in mind, Josh is... But, I mean, in all in all fairness, that's typical teenage yeah. attitude. Maybe it I is. I mean, that's, not, that's nothing yeah. to criticize. It's okay for me over. to have regrets, though, because... Looking like, back, he was hard to grow up with. <laughs> he was hard to grow I'm with. telling you, like, we would... I was into basketball. Uh-huh. I love basketball. Okay. Okay? I'm 14 years old, so I'm developed to the point where I'm good at basketball. Josh is seven. Okay, he can barely dribble a ball, you know? And it really, I think Josh... Hold on for two seconds. Speaking of basketball, I would just like to throw out, ever since the whole comment about me playing basketball and how shitty I am, (laughs) there has been probably ten people tagging me in those stupid little white guy trying to shoot fucking basketball and missing Um, everyone. I'm like, y'all son of a bitch. Brain drop. That's hilarious. But no, like, basketball was my thing. And Josh was just trying to do what I was doing. Of course. And instead and of being like the brother, like, hey, man, this is how you, you shoot your jump shot. This is what you do. He's, like, blocking me. Yeah. <laughs> Get that out of here. You know what I mean? I'm like, or if he was on my I'm team. I'm, like, running inside crying. Yeah. You know? <laughs> if he's on my team and I pass him the ball, he would shoot a shot and miss. I'd be like, damn, Josh, you suck. <laughs> yeah, for real. I yeah. was not. First of all, at age 14, I had zero patience. Patience was something I learned over the course of going through life and dealing with situations. I beat down Josh to the point. At some point, he was like, you know what? I don't want to be like Nick anymore. I'm going to do my own thing. And that's not necessarily a bad thing if you come to that conclusion on your own. But I can honestly say that you probably partially came to that conclusion because you just didn't feel my support at that time. And at least that's how I felt from my perspective, looking at it later. As a kid, you know, you, you got to realize a kid's mentality. As many as you were, I might have been mad that day. But the next day, you were, you know, still somebody I looked up to. Yeah. And uh, sometimes, you know, I got to think about that as, as as my, you know, you know, as my with my children. You know, now, you know, I might come down on them, you know, for whatever reason. But I want to reassure them that, hey, I'm, I don't have any, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm just disappointed. And I just want you to do better. There was a point in time, and you mentioned it, that... Um, me and you really didn't talk like we really fell off and like I just really was done with you um you know wasn't but it wasn't because of you being mean it was just that you know the one reason why me and Nick are so different is that like the years that he became you know puberty and became a man and Uh developed his personality and when I did we were two completely separate places two separate neighborhoods two separate everything and that's where the difference is coming between me and Nick okay so when my parents split up you know it went my brother had just had a baby and he had just moved out. So the two male in my life, my dad and my brother were gone. Gotcha. And like I said, my dad had got this, you know, big house to live in and me and my mom, we couldn't afford it. I, I'm a little yeah. kid. 
we end up moving to a you know a, a more worse part of town. Mm-hmm. Um, and the things I dealt with at school, man, it was it was like crazy that that. And I went through it alone. And I, as an adult, I realized, hey, life happens. You know, you have a yeah, child, yeah. you got to take care of your kid. But I felt like, man, my dad's not there for me. My brother ain't here for me. I got to go through this. A lot of the male influences at that time were not good people that yeah, you yeah, really want to be course. influenced by. And that's where those differences came. And it's like years and years later, me and it came back together. Mm-hmm. And slowly, like, we completely ironed out that I think we're closer now than we've ever been before. Yeah. Because life, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, of course. That's awesome. You know, going from our contentious relationship at times when we were young kids, I mean, like I said, I'm glad the only memories I really remember are the good ones mostly. Yeah, I know yeah, sometimes sure. I beat you up and make you cry, and then I try to make you laugh real yeah, quick yeah, before yeah, mama got home. <laughs> Like, if I didn't want to get in trouble, I started saying goofy shit, (laughs) trying to keep him from crying. But the the turmoil that ended up happening in our house, I was just ready to get out of it. Looking back, like, I didn't even think to myself, like, man, I'm leaving my little brother behind in this, though. Like, he's only 13, 14. He's still got to deal with all this shit. Me, my mentality was like, fuck this. I'm out. (laughs) I'm out. I'm going to do my own thing, you know? And And I understand that now as an adult, you know? Yeah. And as kids, it's you don't know. I would say probably... When I was 17, 18, how were you? 12, 13? Um, I remember when we got there uh, in California, I think I was around 7, 8. And when yeah, mom we were and dad split up, I was around 11 years old. Yeah. So I, I leave. I go do my thing trying to start a family. To be honest, me and you were not tight at all, all the way up until probably when I got a divorce. Yeah. Even after that, it wasn't really until you became a father that all of a sudden we had some things in common again. I don't know a whole lot about what was going on with you as a teenager and young adult, but I know you was out in the streets and you was you was making some decisions that you were learning from. Yeah, we'll say that. I was definitely <laughs> the, the problem child in the end. Out of the two, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah. Expelled from elementary, junior high, high school, arrested in high school. Uh, but it wasn't like I was just a bad kid. I was like really just trying to you know do the best I I could with what I had. The environment in, in California, the, the, the high school system was just insane. Yeah. And I remember one time I came to you, your house, and um, I had a shirt with a Mexico flag on it. And you're yeah. like, dude, what are you doing wearing a shirt <laughs> with a clowning. Mexico flag? I was clowning. Like, dude, man, look at my brother. He wants to be Mexican. No, but. y'all don't understand. My brother used to speak with a Hispanic accent. But, but like the things that he missed out <laughs> He was, would come home and speak in a, in a Hispanic accent like, like, he was cutting. Like, he was bato and all this shit, dude. I'm not lying. <laughs> yeah, but the, the, the thing that he didn't, like, to him, he's like, man, my brother's just going through a phase. He's, you know, he's this and that. But what? That, that's, what you're, that, that's what you're surrounded with. Yeah. but you know, what, Yeah. And it wasn't even, like, okay, so junior high school, um, I get expelled, uh, you know, with all the, you know, the bad kids or whatever. But, like, in California, people don't realize this. It's very segregated. Okay. Like yeah, more so than when here, you, actually. In junior really? high, like the 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 kids, the African Americans, the blacks, Hispanics, the whites, you know, we were all cool. Mm-hmm. Once we got to high school, I went to a high school that had an actual gang unit in the high school. And like thinking of that now, like as a parent, if I go and enroll my kid in a school that I find out has a gang unit, yeah, it's gonna crazy. be a no go. We're that's absolutely not. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's crazy. And like they would take pictures of graffiti and they would know who like and it wasn't just the reason why it was this way is because it wasn't like in like some neighborhoods where you go to a, a school and like the kids are just bad yeah. and the parents are beating their ass. Like mm-hmm. the parents were involved. Oh shit. The grandparents were, were affiliated with this and they encouraged it. I mean it was yeah. like grown people would come up to the school trying to fight kids over dumb stuff. I mean it was oh, like yeah. a chaotic environment. Jesus. And when when I got yeah. to high school, 
you know, all of my friends that were, you know, black, which my mom's black, you know, they were like, hey, uh, they would like their mm-hmm. uncles and their friends. Were like, hey, man, you can't hang out with him. You know, and he was like, why? You know, and they thought I was they thought I was Hispanic. Yeah. And the African-Americans and the, the, the Hispanic. I That's mean, been a war going on in Cali. It was there was literally a ever. tree. And I'm going to tell you that if you go to your front yard where the driveway is to the other driveway, it's probably where these two trees. And they were literally classified, oh, this is the, the Mexican tree. This is the black tree. And after really? school, everybody, you couldn't be in this circle if you weren't of that race. And when I was in that environment, I would deal with people who look like people I'm related to trying to fight me yeah. over racial stuff. And yeah. Like, I'm just a mixed kid. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't yeah, even have yeah. an identity. <laughs> so, like, you know, the you know the Vatos, man, the essays, they were like, hey, man, he looks like us. And we need, we need all the help we can get. Yeah. So, like, these yeah. are the people that I'm with every day. These yeah. are the people that, yeah. like, we're, we're, like we walk home together. We stay together. We, we fight together. We eat yeah. lunch together. So, their culture became, you know, yeah. a part of my family and then he's on the outside in, I'm he's keeping all this from Latinas ever since <laughs> <laughs> as evidence of who's sitting next yeah, to right uh, <laughs> I'm keeping all this from my family it's like a double life I'm living you know okay. I'm not really telling them this stuff that I'm yeah. just seeing Keep in mind signs, at this time yeah. like we're still heavy into going to church and all this stuff yeah. dude like yeah. we're putting on suits yeah. and ties and going to the kingdom hall and yeah. that was I mean, going and going out door to door talking to people this is all during the same time like we're still pretty heavy into this well my mom well wow. when my mom when my mom uh got divorced uh with my dad that's when my mom kind of took a pause from a lot of the, the church stuff uh-huh. and started yeah. you know she was going through so much. She was going through like mental breakdowns and oh, stuff that I had plenty of freedom to just play my role at home and whatever happened outside of school, yeah. I mean, you know, at school, you know, it just happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it wasn't until like the police came to the door one day that my mom realized that something was going on. Cause like, uh, I ended up getting expelled from junior high. Cause like there was an issue with some matches or something when playing with fire or something yeah. caught on fire. But like, that happening got me kicked out of school, but a week later, hey, I so think we're good on the statute of limitations, Josh. You could be more specific. <laughs> <laughs> like a, a week later, after I get kicked out of school for starting a fire at school, a house gets burned down, and it's an arson. Some kids, oh, and shit. my name comes up. So, like, the sheriff shows up to the door, and they're like, "Hey, you know, it's possible felony arson charge. Oh, if he's God. involved, they're questioning my mom. My mom freaks out, and that was like the first glimpse at you know." Something's going on oh, yeah, that course. I'm not really. But my mom was going through so much at that time. It was easy to kind of, yeah. you know, do the whole double life thing. You know, I didn't want to stress my mom out. Of course. And I didn't want to disappoint her. But and I you're, still gone, to, you're gone at this so, point, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I just show up every once in a while, you know, like, hey, what's up? This thing? He's like, man, what is, what's going on with my brother? Like, this guy's tripping. Yeah. Yeah. you yeah. walking in with his college shirt with the butt the top button buttoned up and the rest yeah, like, of them. I'm just trying to survive high school, man. This is my yeah. freshman year in high school. It just, it just got real crazy, you know, and that was all stuff that was going on that I didn't really know about because yeah. we weren't super tight. I really wasn't tight with mom. I talked about how there was a period of contention between mom and I where we just weren't good because yeah. of me feeling like she wasn't there for me, this and that. That affected my relationship with my brother, though, because he lives with her. Yeah. So if I'm not going to see my mother, I'm not going to see my brother yeah, either. Of course. Yeah. So there was this long period of time where I just didn't know really what was going on with him until when me and my mom kind of started patching things up. And I think that happened when she got breast cancer. That's when it was like, okay, all that other shit really don't matter. Yeah. yeah, You know, I got you. That kind of brought our family back together around the time that she got breast cancer. I was still married to Maddie's mother, but that was starting to get rocky and fall apart. Once that relationship fell apart, 
mom had breast cancer. You know, anybody who's been through a situation where you split up, usually uh, when you split up, you got to find somewhere to go most yeah, of the time, of especially because yeah. the, the mom, she's taking care of the kids uh-huh. and you want her to have that stability. Yeah. So I had to find a place to go. And that's when the three of us decided, you know what, let's move into this house together. Yeah. Uh, and so we all lived in a house together. Me as an adult with a child, <laughs> him as a teenager, still in high school. Like the first time after all these years have passed, we just get <laughs> yeah. stuck in the house. All of a sudden we live in a house together. And Josh was still in high school. You know, mom is in the midst of her self-discovery still. Me, I'm a young man divorced at age 23 with a child who's two, three years old. And all of a sudden we live in a house together. And wow. None of the stuff that's been gone wrong with us in the past <laughs> has really even been resolved, yeah, right? Yeah. So there's still some bitterness going on. <laughs> yeah. We don't even talk. We just like walk to our room and look at each other. Like, you son of a bitch. It was a really yeah. weird and awkward dynamic. Yeah, for sure. Me and Josh got into it a couple times. Yeah. And I, could, I, I was big now, so it's like I could fight back. Yeah, and like now when we play basketball, I could block his shot. And I'm like, yeah, son. You know what I'm saying? You want to play? Yeah. You want to hoop now? I knew. I knew. That I pissed Josh off as a young child when as adults, well, I was an adult. He was a young teenager. He was always trying to get in me. He was yeah. just waiting for the yeah. opportunity. And well, you scored at, the man. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this, that's down. the thing. Like, <laughs> yeah. it, he was ready. Like, he was yeah. ready to go. Anything that happened, Josh, you want to take this outside? I'm like, hold up, dude. Man, I had so much. <laughs> like, the things I went through at a young age with that school, like, it was really, thinking back, like it was traumatic for a child to deal I, with the stuff I, I dealt with, to see the the fighting and the, the racial tension and yeah. the, you know there was times that like my dad picked me up because I got into a fight at the bus stop and I ended up getting a concussion and like Good Lord. dealing with those things as a kid. Yeah, that one thing it's done for me as a father now is as soon as I get my kids, I'm asking them, hey, what's going on at school? How was your day? Who are your friends? Like, yeah, yeah. My parents kind of got caught up in the everyday, let's just go work, 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 provide yeah. that they missed out that, hey, these kids are going through their own world too. Of course. And that's something that has helped me with my kids. Like we are we have a, a very unusual relationship. Like we just talk like adults sometimes. Yeah. yeah. We just, you know, lay it out on the table. And, and I encourage anybody who has kids to know what's going on with your kids because they can totally be going through things at school and they will come home and shut down. Yeah. And that was yeah. definitely what I did on a, on a regular basis. And as basis. a parent, it teaches me, mom or dad, they might not necessarily just been ignoring. Yeah. Because when all of a sudden my kids come up to me and they tell me they're going through something and I feel like, man, why didn't I know that? I yeah. should have known that. I'll see you every day. Yeah. But you, you start to realize that the everyday grind of life can kind of, mm-hmm. you get For so sure. focused on taking care of, these responsibilities yeah. and you take for granted that when you ask your kid how was school today and they say fine and then that's the end of the conversation like that might not be yeah. really what the situation yeah. was i just think about when we were living in that house there was all that tension still even though we live together i still don't fully know what's going on with josh i'm just like uh he's being a stupid teenager you had a really traumatic experience and i don't know if you're free to talk about this um, when you ended up in the hospital because of the pills that you took. Yeah, um, that happened in 2009. So the way, way it went down was when we came, we actually lived with one of my mom's friends in California, and she ended up passing away. Mm-hmm. So for the first time, we have nowhere to go. Um, and we ended up, our another friend of my mom's drove us to El Paso, and then my uncle drove from Houston to El Paso, picked us up, and we stayed at my uncle's for a little bit. This is before we found out my mom had cancer. Okay. And it was really weird for me. Uh, my brother, I think you, he came to, back to, 
to Texas shortly after. But like being, being around all these people, like these are my aunts and my uncles. Mm-hmm. I remember them as a child, but they're like grown. And well, I have yeah, trust course. issues with people because of the things I've been through. Yeah. I can't tell mm-hmm. anybody about it. Of course. Because my mom has, now that she's back around her family, the church is back going. Uh, now okay. this is it. Okay. We have an image to uphold. And like I have so much animosity against my dad, against my brother. I mean, I was blaming them. For everything. I didn't have kids, and I remember telling myself at that time, man, if I ever have a kid. I was really disappointed that me and Nick separated the way we did, and I felt like it was because my parents couldn't get their things together as a child. You know what I mean? And and, and I felt like, man, if I have a kid, I'm going to have a family. They're going to stick together. You know, I'm not going to go through this. I was very disappointed in them, and it wasn't until I became a father that I forgave pretty much everybody. Yeah. (laughs) For everything. You know, once I had a, you know, a taste of the, you know, of that. That, that fatherhood and realize what life's really about. I said, you know, some of this stuff is, you know, at the end of the day, everybody does the best they can. Yeah. And there's no book. Like you guys said, yeah. there's no book how to do this. You just kind of jump in and, 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 you know, thankfully, you know, you talked about me being divorced. I am, I am divorced. Uh, I wasn't the greatest husband, but one thing that I feel like I've done a great job at is trying to be a father to my kids. And it's because yeah. I try to be the father I wanted. Of and course. the role model and the friend that I wanted. Yeah, of course. And that's the passion that drives me as a, as a dad. Yeah. yeah. You know, for and sure. And we're going we're gonna to touch on that, too. You had an incident where you took too many. As a type of muscle relaxer that uh, my mom had. It wasn't really like a, an attempted suicide or anything. It was just me being, you know, at that time, I went through a lot of, you know. You didn't really know what you were fucking with, either. I, I, had t- I well, The way it works is like. They were, they were somas. Yeah, they were somas. And people don't realize, like, soma ain't. Ibuprofen, bro. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. take one of those motherfuckers and it'll put you on your ass. Yeah, but I going through all that stuff, like I did end up, you know, drug use, smoking weed, you know, taking pills. So I didn't really mess with pills until I came back to Texas because like in, in California everybody just smokes weed. Yeah. It's like your teachers are doing it. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like everybody's yeah. doing it, right? So I remember going to Dickinson and, and um like my first day there, people kept like, hey man, we got these, I got these bars, I got these bars. And I'm like, well, what the hell are they talking about? <laughs> so yeah. I didn't want to act not cool. So I'm, yeah. like, by then I'm still like kind of California. So I'm like, all right, eh, you know, <laughs> cool home, you know, nah. <laughs> but they're like, hey, so I'm like, finally, like, dude, what? I asked somebody, like, dude, what are, what the hell are these people talking about? I'm like, oh, it's a pill, man. It just, you know, relaxes you. And one day I'm like, okay, well, um, you know, give me four of them. Yeah. Ended up, that was like the first time I ever took, you know, prescription medication in the way it's not intended to be used. Yeah. And I remember I was in class and it was like the first period. And like, you know, I went to the water fountain, sit back down. I'm like, man, this stuff don't work. I'm sitting here like, this is a waste of money. I'm, I'm going to find that guy. And the rest of the day is a blank. And I wake Shit. up in the hospital at the end of the day because I came home from school, ended up going all my classes, just didn't remember doing anything. Yeah. And, um, you know, I had to see my aunts and my uncles. And they're all, you know, religious people. They're looking yeah. at me like, man, this dude. No, I, that was the first time I let everybody down. Yeah. So, like, there was a scare with the family with prescription medicine before this incident that my brother's talking about. So, like, Soma's, with my size, you know, I used to I used to take them on a regular basis. Uh-huh. They really wouldn't, you know, get me, you know, I have, you know, you know whatever. I feel like we're just talking about drugs all the damn time. I know you want to talk about it, and I'll probably skip out some of the other stuff I talked about. But Dude, I wanna, We don't have to talk about anything you're not comfortable with. What I, I want to talk about it, but it's like I don't want to just be like, oh, yeah, one day. I, I, it was an attempt at suicide. No, but I understand I had that. To play it that way, or else I was gonna go to jail. Yeah, I know. You were just trying to get you. were just you were just trying to get your buzz on. Yeah. I feel you. No, the reason I bring that up is because I lived with you when that shit happened, and he didn't realize it. And I didn't even know what the fuck was going on. 
Yeah. Like, I lived with you. I was in the same house with you. That just shows, like, the ocean that was between yeah. us at the time. It was. Um, and not only was it, like, really competitive with me and Nick, it was, like, if he liked something, like, just, like when we were kids, I love everything he loves. Mm-hmm. When we were older, oh, he likes that? I don't like that. Yeah, and so that's, like, that is bullshit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he was into Star Wars. I'm into Fast and the Furious. Yeah. Every day I got to tell him how stupid Star Wars is. <laughs> Every day he has to tell me how yeah. unrealistic Fast yeah. and the Furious is. And it's yeah. like... You know, you like PlayStation. I like Xbox. Yeah, you know, you like yeah. you say blue, I say green. It's uh-huh. like we're just trying to be different yeah. at this point, you know. And that's what I mentioned earlier. Like, I felt like because of the way I was to you when we were kids, I'll just be honest with you. Like, I felt partially responsible. You were going to be your own person regardless. Maybe if I'd have been a better role model to you, you would have looked at me and not been like, oh, that's Nick. He's the yeah. good. He's the good one. He's the one everybody likes. And like, yeah. I know that that shit made you mad. Sometimes you were doing things. Everybody fucks up, right? Yeah, for and sure. like, but for some reason, when Josh fucked up, it was magnified. You know? <laughs> it was like, oh, yeah. but it was like, I would end up in these situations, and I'm like, damn it, like, <laughs> how did I end up here again? Yeah. yeah. Like I said, I wasn't a, a bad kid. I was really a lost kid. Yeah. Um, trying to find my way, trying to find out who I am. And I, honestly, like you said, that happened in 2009. Um, I ended up, you know, in the hospital on ICU. Lungs stopped working in the ambulance. Jesus. I mean, like, yeah, bad, it, was, bad it shit. was serious. And I remember, like, I know we're not, I'm not trying to go off on another tandem, but like, I'm not really religious, mm-hmm. but I am, feel like I'm a spiritual person. I believe in a creator. I do pray. Okay. And um, I remember praying that day and just being like, man, this isn't how I want to be remembered. Of course. Mm-hmm. I've been through a lot of bull crap and I haven't done anything. If I die here today, I'm just going to go down to some pill head kid who never got his shit together. Mm -hmm. And I remember praying, if I can just make it out of here to have a second chance and fast forward 10 years from that day, I'm a father and I'm a husband. And like, I didn't even realize that that second chance came, you know, life just kept going. I made it out of the hospital and, and next thing you know, I had a baby. I didn't know what to do, but the years after that are literally the best years of my life because if it wasn't for my children, I would not be here today. Yeah. yeah. So like, I really give them my life cause I owe it to them. Like I really believe that. And like, they made me just, you know, the first time I had to work hard and, and provide and, you know, love another human being and take care of them. The responsibility, it was like something, it gave me something like that. The relationship that may not have been there as I grew up with my brother and my dad, yeah. I had it with my kids. Yeah. You yeah. know, we're family and, Nick's a great father. That's finally, we got something in common. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. finally, what, you know, we were going through some of the similar things. And yeah. that's when we started that uphill climb to getting where we are now. You know, so, awesome. yeah, that's, that's actually what I want to get at. Because Josh is going through all this stuff. He's a teenager, you know, getting pulled over, getting arrested, doing all this stupid stuff, popping uh, pills. This is on the outside looking in. Like, nobody yeah. knows what's really going yeah, on with course, Josh. Yeah. Next thing I know, because I'm living, you got to understand yeah. I wasn't just ignoring Josh. I was going through some of my own shit yeah. and some of my own. That self-discovery I talked about when I was deciding, you know what? The way I've grown up my entire life, when you when you start to realize that, you know what? That's not even me. Yeah. And you kind of go through this selfish period. Like, I've been sacrificing what I want to do my entire life. Fuck everybody else. I'm going to yeah. do yeah, me. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course. I was going through that. My mother sure. was going through that. And <laughs> yeah. in the meantime, Josh is <laughs> like... Gonna- I'll be good in there. Fuck all y'all. Right? So I don't even realize. The next thing I know, Josh tells me that Mariana, his girlfriend, is pregnant. And I'm like, 
Oh shit! This is bad. <laughs> what yeah. the fuck? Yeah. yeah, that was the like, reaction that everybody gave, and um, there yeah. were actually like people like I'm not gonna you know name drop anybody. There were people that were like, hey, you cannot have this baby with this guy. This yeah. guy is. All of them say they're gonna. I remember I, I could hear these people, people that I thought were close to me too. Yes, yeah. right in front of my face. This guy. This is what they all say. He's not gonna take care of you. He's not gonna. You're gonna end up being a single mother. You're gonna do this. And if you have this baby, it would it was you're ruining the baby's life, right? And this is Aliciana now. Yeah. That, you know, we all know Aliciana. We yeah. love Aliciana. I couldn't imagine what my life would be like if someone decided to say, you know what? No, let's not go through with this pregnancy. Yeah, because right. that baby, I can't even put it into words what she means to of me. Of course. Um, but that was I had to like at first I'm like, man, these these motherfuckers hating on me. You know what I mean? (laughs) I had to really look back and think, damn, what have I shown different? Yeah. What have I, I I, I want to keep up this image. I got my pants around my ass. I'm, I'm, you know, I got my music up loud. I'm doing all this stuff. Like, what have I shown anybody that I am going to be any different? But when one thing about me, and I think it goes back to when I was, I was born premature, you know, I was born a month early and the doctor told my mom, you know, it's 50, 50. Mm. When you tell me those odds, when you tell me what I'm not gonna do, yeah. I'm like, okay, that's, cool, because I know I, I know who I am yeah. inside. I'm going through some things, and I'm trying to put on a display that hey, I'm kind of hurting. Mm-hmm. But now that you challenge me, like I remember a teacher telling me, man, I don't know who raised you, but you'll never amount to anything. Oh yeah. When yeah. they told me that, like yeah. I, I literally, yeah. I, I ended up failing a grade when I moved back to uh, Texas because the credits are different, mm-hmm. and I ended up grinding my ass off. I still walked with my class, so walked wow. the stage. You know what I mean? I yeah. came back from that. So yeah. I was like, man, when you tell me I can't do something, so when I heard, oh, he'll never take care of these yeah. kids, you'll end up a single mom. I was like, okay, it's time to show them who you really are. Yeah. And it's like yeah. a light went off in my life. Yeah. Right and at there. that point that he finds out that he's going to be a father, I am a father, and I'm going through a divorce. And Josh tells me, man, I'm a marrier. And I'm like, no. I'm like, whoa, yeah. whoa, 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 whoa. So you got a whole different, a whole different idea. Yeah. How this is gonna fucking go. Exactly. Yeah. I'm like, wait, hold on, dude. Like, yeah. and yeah. I remember telling you, this is not like some hindsight. Oh, you should have lived. Like, this yeah. is not about that. I just remember telling you, look, man, you can be a good father. Yeah. yeah. You can raise a child. You don't have to marry a woman just because y'all have a baby together. Because I think. That y'all had already been like off and on a couple times before she got pregnant. Yeah, yeah, it was rough, um, you know. And you're right. And a lot of people told me the same thing. And it really goes back to uh, even though I had been living this lifestyle where I'm doing these things, I'm being reckless in that moment where I had another life that was a part of me counting on me. You know, a lot of our family that is religious used that opportunity to be like, hey. Yeah. Now you know you're gonna you know how are you gonna live your life? What are you gonna do? You know you had a, 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 pre- me, a pregnancy outside of marriage. It was yeah. It was a big deal, and like even though I wasn't obviously giving two craps about anything I heard in church, the way I've been living my life, uh-huh. it just hit somewhere home. Like man, is this what I have to do? Because I don't want you know you know the, the end of the I day. Wanna, I want to I want to chime in on that real quick yeah. because there's two people at this table who don't understand that dynamic. The religion that we were a part of. Often people left. And okay. when they did leave, you you and I talked about in our episode about how there was kids who were not allowed to do shit. Yeah. And then they went out in the real world and went mm-hmm. buck shit crazy. Yeah. That is the story of so many young kids who grew up the same way that we did. Okay. So they go out, they decide, you know what, this ain't for me. And they go out and they do all kinds of stupid shit. Yeah. Do stuff that could possibly fuck up their lives. Mm-hmm. The kind of sick and twisted mentality 
about everybody who's still there is they view that they see you fuck up your life and they view that as an opportunity. We'll see now. So you're going to, you're going to come back, right? See what yeah. leaving did to you yeah. as uh, if you, yeah. as if you leaving brought that up and deciding yeah, like that, that brought that upon you thinking about it now is so fucking sick yeah. and twisted, man, because and they don't the move. reason I'm out here acting stupid yeah. is in part because you didn't let me know what the real world was really like. And see, that, you told that's, me, that's, that's, yeah. That's my question with this whole whole thing, right? I don't understand how, like when we grew up, our, our parents told us, there's a fence. You can be on one side or you can be on the other. Yeah. Like life's not all this fucking grand peachy, yeah. you know, white picket fence bullshit, okay? Yeah. If you want something, you go out, you bust trash, you make it happen, or you go with a different crowd and you fuck up and you spend the... Not the, maybe not the rest of your life, but a lengthy amount of time behind bars, right? There's two yeah. fucking options. I don't understand how pressing this stuff down kids and telling them this is the only way to do something is... And here's the deal, because it sounds twisted to us. When do they, when do they, start, when do they start this, I guess, preaching to the kids? Like when, I mean, it happens from... From early, birth. From, from, you know, there's... there's it happens from early age, and, and I want to say that, like, I don't think that anybody that... You know, I, I don't knock anybody's beliefs on everything. If you're doing, believe you doing what you have to do for your Absolutely. salvation, I'm all for it. As Absolutely. long as you respect me the same way, I'm of all course. for it. Right. And I don't think that people believe in their mind that they're doing anything that's abnormal. Yeah. They're just doing what they believe to be true to get their salvation. Mm -hmm. So okay. from, it's just and a you understand, that yeah, you, do you gotta wrong, understand that this has also been generationally, like yeah. this is, especially in our family, it's four generations. This is what their parents taught their parents, their grandparents. So from so from, from birth, birth to the, death. The, the, the unique yeah the unique part about the religion we grew up in is like there wasn't you didn't go to church and then your kids went to the Sunday school like everybody was in the same room learning the same stuff. Okay, as a two year old child, you're taught you sit in that chair and you pay attention to what's being talked about. And yeah. you're two years old. You want to draw pictures of happy faces, and <laughs> yeah, like you don't, yeah, yeah, you have no idea what you're. But you're taught at two years old. Yeah. You sit there, you look at the stage, and you pay attention. Yeah. Okay. And then from early, they tell you to start taking notes. Like this is, this is a lifestyle. This yeah. isn't just, yeah. you know, I go show up on Sunday, praise Jesus, and then leave. And like yeah. this is a lifestyle, twenty four yeah. seven, seven days a week. It's a, you have to live your life this way um, because if you don't, you know that. You know, you, you'll be destroyed for that. Um, so you have to stay, you know, the world is full of bad influences that can get you sidetracked. So stay yeah. focused. Keep your attention here. And that's that's what I that's what I was saying. Else, basically. So if anybody left and they went through difficult shit, everybody just chalked it up to, well, see, you. that's what happens when you go out there. Yeah. And I know in their hearts that they believe that and they did not mean anything yeah, ill for sure, for sure. about it. Like, I know that they really felt like that was the case. Uh-huh. But to me, that's such an insensitive reaction well, yeah. to somebody going yeah. through shit. Like, yeah. you think I popped a bunch of pills because I don't go to church every Sunday? Yeah. yeah. This has nothing to do with that. I'm sorry, but you're wrong. Yeah. yeah. And nobody was really, you know, they see that he has a child outside of wedlock. That situation is supposed to shock his system to the point that he decides he's going to be somebody that he's already deter determined that he's not going to be. Like I said, there was no ill intent, but that's just the that's just the way that some of these people think. Mm -hmm. And so Josh felt a lot of pressure. I, I felt like were it not for the pressure, that influence, he may not have gotten married at the age that he yeah. got married. He might have just tried to be a good father and, yeah. and and discover himself because the one thing that we know, you weren't ready. 
Oh, for sure. You were not ready to be a father, a husband, a a, a provider, a caretaker. You weren't ready yeah. to like. You were still a kid. Yeah, you wanted often. to go turn up. Yeah, you I know. Said, I said it often to my you know my ex wife that you know we were kids raising kids, and that's like the most accurate thing. And anybody in that situation, I know there's. I'm not the first person who's like, man, I got a baby. You know, let's get married. And I'm not like I'm not. It's like if it if it works out and that's the best situation for you, go for it. I'm not saying that there's like one, you know, one scenario fits all. Yeah. But I was definitely a kid that wasn't ready. I was definitely just living my life in a way where everybody was doubting me. And all of a sudden I go to the whole family. I'm like, hey, uh, I'm telling my ex-wife's family, hey, y'all, I'm religious now and uh, everything's going to be OK. Uh, we're going to get married. And, you know, I tried to fit in this box. One thing about me, man, is. I can't, it's hard. I, I can't half-ass something. Of course. I got to be all the way in it. Yeah. Or I got to be all the way out of it. Yeah. I can't just kind of have my foot in the door. Mm-hmm. And that's why, you know, I tried and I tried and I tried to make that lifestyle work. Mm-hmm. And it just didn't fit for me. And I used to feel guilt. I'd feel depression. Like, man, why? You know, why, why, why can't I just get it right? Yeah. But the relief I have off my shoulders now is that, you know, I feel like I have got it right. I feel like I'm a good dad and well, I'm, I'm very honest with who I am and, Absolutely. You know, and when did you deter? When was what age were you? I, mean, I was I never in. I was always it. just hanging around because of my parents. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so I you mean, never, you never. I, yeah. The moment remember, I locked remember in was when, when my kids when me came and my, I really, really dedicated myself to trying when okay. my, my child came because I, I believe that if I didn't live my life a certain way, my child was going to die. Now okay. I had a. Man, I got to do this. And I was a total hypocrite. Like, I walked in my house and I was like, hey, this Christmas tree, hey, it's got to go. Hey, this, this, and that, you got to go. Uh, and then that lasted for like two months. And then, like, my friends were like, hey, man, we're going to the strip club. And I'm like, oh, I've never been to the strip club before. I got married before I went to the strip club. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to make this one exception. So I look like a total hypocrite, dude. Yeah. Like, I look, I, I, I didn't like it. Yeah. And I'm like, man, I have to be honest with myself. I have to, you know, do things my way. And, and I felt bad about that. And I ended up going through issues. Like I took something, you know, my ex-wife lost her dad and, mm-hmm. and Christmas was something that was really important to them. And yeah. I, I, I felt so guilty. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I didn't realize because this memory that you've had your whole life, for me, it's been taught. Oh, that's just, no, that's a no go. Yeah. yeah. Of course. So like what he talked about in some of the other episodes and, you know, the time we spent together, man, um, I'm, I'm totally on board. Like I understand what you you know when he says stuff. I'm like, man, I never knew that we had so much in common. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. listen to you guys because the holidays, man. the holidays became something yeah, different for sure. And it took it takes a little bit of self sacrifice. I think you eventually got to a point where you're like, I can't be a hypocrite. Yeah. And even though it's hard for me to do these things, this is something that I got to let go of. Yeah. So that my family can continue. But even that's being said, um, I went through the struggle of being a child who's married. Mm-hmm. So that whole double life I lived as a kid, now I'm totally going through it because I, there's a huge part of me that wants to be a husband, yeah. that wants to be dad. Mm-hmm. But there's a huge life that I haven't lived and all my friends are going through. It. Yeah, I mean, we're going out. So yeah. I'm trying to live this double life. I'm, I'm like, man, I went to work Monday through Friday and I... You know, I took care of the family, so I'm going out this weekend. Gotcha. And I did a lot of going out, staying out late, like stupid hours, dude, yeah. like just dumb stuff, you mm-hmm. know, and tried to live. And that's why I said I wasn't the greatest husband. It yeah. took me a long time to get it. Eventually, I did get it together. Mm-hmm. Right. And I still lost my family. You yeah. know what I mean? So it's like. So that's that's where I want to jump in at. Yeah. Because now you're a young father. You're a young husband. You're admitting now, you know what? There's a lot of shit that I did that For wasn't sure. right. For sure. And that. Everybody has mistakes. The hardest part to do is to own those mistakes. And once you own them, the next challenge is feeling like you deserve redemption because most of us are hardest on ourselves. Yeah. So I want you to talk about 
the moment that you owned your mistakes and decided, you know what, now it's time to seek redemption. It's yeah. time for the come up. And I just want you to talk a little bit about that because that's going to lead us to where we are now. Yeah. Well, like every year of my marriage, um, there was a huge leap of progression, especially if you go back to who that kid was who mm -hmm. was, you know, in and out of jail doing stupid stuff. There was always, you know, there goes Josh doing that <laughs> annually stupid thing. You yeah. know what I mean? That just one thing that makes you scratch your head and be like, what was what was he thinking? Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I wasn't perfect. It was like a grind. And I felt like, hey, be patient with me. You knew what you were signing up for. You knew who you had a child with. Yeah. You knew who you married. Yeah. And it's I can't get it overnight. Yeah. You know, but I always thrive to get better and get better and get better. Yeah. But I still made a lot of mistakes. And I can sit here and say, man, I made a lot of mistakes. And certain things I was doing, I didn't realize it was a mistake until later on, looking back, reflective, be like, damn. Yeah. That was something I probably could have went without doing. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, just uh, respect yeah. things. Like, things yeah. I had to learn. But the thing that's crazy is I'm, I'm trying to be a husband when I've never seen a man yeah. treat a woman uh -huh. with respect and open doors and, and, yeah. and, and, and show love. Like, mm -hmm. I had to teach myself that. Yeah. Because I didn't have an example of well, that. Well, I would say he saw me doing that. But once again, <laughs> he hated everything that I did. Yeah, I was like, he's a good husband. I'm going to be a bad one. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, sure. I, I honestly, on the outside looking in, like I never came up to Josh and be like, hey, man, if I was you, I would do this. Because yeah. I knew he'd be like, yeah. man, fuck you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, one, one thing about it is we both, like every once in a while, if something was really pressing, me or him would pull each other aside and be like, hey, bro, I'm just I'm not getting in your business, but I'm going to tell you this. And probably 10 out of 10, our answer reaction to each other was like, all right, I hear you. But we totally disregarded that. Okay. And looking back yeah, yeah, now, yeah. we gave each other some good ass advice <laughs> that we completely ignored. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? And that, that, that all like it was like consider the source, right? Life. Yeah. yeah. Like, consider the source. Once again, we have been going through different things. At through all of this and we handle things differently so i understood and i felt bad about it because sometimes i'll be like man maybe i should say this to josh mm -hmm. and then i was like you know what <laughs> i had to learn this shit on my own yeah he's gonna figure it out yeah. that's mm -hmm. that's the only way i've learned my whole life is the hard way unfortunately it, it felt it felt bad at the time and i've even once once you started going through your divorce i told you this i was like man right now as i sit here like i feel like man what would happen if i would have just said something to josh yeah and you were like, you know what? Honestly, bro, it probably wouldn't have mattered. And it's true. And yeah. It, you know, you have to, I had to, you know, admit that to myself. And we had slowly started working our way back close. Like the, yeah. the, the, the first time was A to Z tired when you called me. My brother called yeah. me. He's like, hey, I got, I got this good and job. And at this point, to, at this point, look, Josh talks about that he was fucking up a lot. Mm -hmm. I say you probably went through a good year and a half, two years almost straight where you were finally. And I got trying I, to do the yeah. shit you were supposed to do. Yeah, I realized that, hey, you know, family is everything. Of course. And that, you know, I'd rather be how I used to sit there and be mad at myself and be like, how dare I leave my home all night long where yeah. I, my kids are laying here? Like, I'm the protector. I'm this. I'm that. How how dare I? Yeah. And I didn't realize how selfish yeah. that was. Mm -hmm. So I made it a priority to be home. And I started having like game night at home and stuff like that. Yeah. They started coming into place. But, you know, by then, you know, the damage is done. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. you can only I, do so much. Yeah. I hesitate you know. to quote R. Kelly. But uh, <laughs> when a woman's when a fed, fed up. up yeah, yeah, I mean, up, you know, it's and, the truth. I knew that you were on the come up, bro. When you finally took accountability and you actually said that to me, like, you know what? 
First of all, I'm never going to throw anybody's baby's mother under the bus. That's the mother of your children, my nieces. We're not going to. Sure. What I will say is that when finally that person had enough and you kind of got a little taste of your own medicine. Yeah, for sure. As difficult as that is to deal with. And it's 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 hurtful and it's wrong. I'm not trying to say that it's not. But there's that part of you that's you know, like, you know what? I got to take that. Man, I feel like I, <laughs> I ate it like a man. Yeah. And I had to. And I had yeah. to chew on it and I had to taste it. But eventually I had to spit it out and keep moving forward because I had my kids yeah. who were innocent victims in the whole thing. Right. And anybody who's, you know, a couple that's married, one thing that differences are going to come up, I encourage everybody to keep fighting for their marriage. I don't encourage anybody to quit. But at some point in time, you have to say, you know, like they, they always say some people are for a reason, some people are for a season, some people are for a lifetime. And then you try yeah. to squeeze people that are just for a season into a lifetime, you end up with these lifetime problems. Yeah. So, Thinking back now, like even the things that we've been through, I don't know I regret anything mm-hmm. because it made me who I am sitting here today. Yeah, and it right. may not have been pretty and it may not have been everybody, you know, might have judged me and had something to say. Yeah. But I'm very proud of the man I am you here be. today. Yeah. You should be. You should and, be, bro. Um, and I know my kids are proud of me. Yeah. And the thing is, is that even though I did get it together, I was never going to get it together for that person because that person had been through so much crap. Yeah. So yeah. no matter how much good I did, I'm like, hey, look at all this good I did. Let She's me like, tell oh, you. Let how... me remind you of what you didn't do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Let so, me tell you, it, it's not just a woman thing, but you know, I'm a man, you're a man, we deal with women. Yeah. When you finally got it together, that shit probably just pissed her off. Like, yeah. what took you so long, motherfucker? Like, you yeah. know. And now you're yeah. you're doing everything you're supposed to, yeah. and it was just a toxic situation, and it's unfortunate. Yeah. But unfortunately for the kids, it had to end for you to get where you needed to be. And I want to talk about the come up for sure, because the come up is sitting next to you right now. (laughs) Illy, I apologize for leaving you out of this conversation. You've been waiting so patiently. I mean, before before I'm not I'm not trying to interrupt her before you go into that come up. You got to you got to talk about the come down because it happened quick. I mean, it happened real quick. Like I had this vision that I finally hit the turn like the corner uh-huh. and i was headed i knew where i was headed in my life i knew that this was it this is way it's gonna be i'm gonna buy a house i'm gonna get a truck i'm gonna like i had this all planned out yeah during the year of 2018 mm-hmm. um the whole beginning of the year i'm looking for houses um you know and everything is seeming to be good in my mind i'm like man i'm sure glad that she was patient with me and let yeah. me get it together everything's gonna be okay yeah i ended up going like on family vacation in august and uh and I spent like stupid money. I ended up going to a deer lease, just renting out a house in San Antonio. It was like beautiful. Deer's walking by the door. Mm-hmm. We ain't shooting nothing. We're just out there, you know, having yeah. a good time with the kids. And as soon as I get back, it's, uh, hey, uh, you know, I'm just not in this anymore. And uh, it just hit me like Yeah, that rug so, got pulled from under your feet. Like it just came out of nowhere. Okay. And I figured at first, like, yo, you know what? She's just, you know, going through her annual. Uh-huh. You know, I'm mad at you. I just, she'll need some time. And then it got official like oh this is over yeah this is done and i go from you know a three four bedroom house a studio where my i got my dj stuff together uh-huh. uh you know the cars you know i got the rims on the car i'm thinking that like i'm on the come up to having nothing yeah i'm sleeping on one of my best friend's floor and i remember calling him and i was like hey bro um i'm i might you know, I'm going through some things right now i just might need a place to lay my head is that cool and he didn't ask me any questions man yeah. he was like Come on. And he gave up his daughter's room so I could have a place to sleep. Wow. And this guy, actually, if you go back, he's the one that actually called my mom and called 911 the night that I almost died in 2009. So this guy has been in my life. You know, yeah. shout out to him. Like, he's been my lifesaver more than once. Yeah. 
And when he opened that door to me, you know, I just, I remember laying there that first night on that floor thinking, where did I go wrong in life? Yeah. Like I had everything figured out and now I have nothing. I don't have my kids. I don't have my car. I don't have my house. I don't, <laughs> I, I don't have anything. And I'm sitting here like, I just, I was just so confused mm. and I felt so guilty. Like, man, I brought this upon myself. I just should have got it together. Along, I, I blame myself for everything. Mm-hmm. It was just, I mean, I started beating, beating up myself. Yeah. Once you're at that point, you see me at your lowest of lows. Yeah, for sure. The come up was sitting next to you, part of the come up. So, Ilya, I appreciate you being patient sitting there uh, while we went through this diatribe of, of our life story. <laughs> you meet Josh now, and he's a broken man. He's a shell of himself. He is nothing but a ball of potential that he doesn't even know that he is. Several years have gone, because you guys knew each other before in high school, correct? Mm -hmm. Okay, and so there's been several years in between. You meet Josh. What did you know about Josh from the time that you knew him in high school to where he was as an adult? The reason I ask that is because there's a certain part of honesty that Josh was going to have to have with you at some point to get you guys to where you are right now. So what did you know about Josh's process between when you knew him in high school and to where he ended up when you guys reconnected i would follow him like on you know his social media kind of stuff and everything like that so i knew like you know he was married he um had kids and everything like that um watching him pick big old tires up over his head (laughs) 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 yeah yeah um so just typical people you went to high school with seeing them on social media i mean i didn't really know anything more than that. Okay. You had a crush yeah. on him in high school, though? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There we go. See, <laughs> that's that, that's cool. And, you know, Josh is a good-looking man. Them jeans run strong, you know. But <laughs> how did you feel about his situation? Like, obviously, you're here now. Something moved you on the inside to say, you know what? He needs a hand right now. He needs some. Oh, yeah, definitely. He needs a friend. Um, so we actually had a class um, together in high school. Mm-hmm. And so that's how, like, we were friends. Uh so I saw what he was going through. I like reached out to him and I was like, hey, you know, I know that you're having a difficult time. Um, Josh was letting everybody know on Facebook. Yeah, <laughs> I had to work on that. That's something I'm still working on. Uh, he was all up in them feelings, bro. Not, not so everything's I for see the you. book. I learned that. Yeah. But hey, and hey, so that's cool. That's he, cool. Um, I had reached out to him. I was like, hey, I was like, I know that, you know. He was, like, saying something about him, him like, needing a vehicle or something like that to right. go, like, get the girls. So I was like, you know, you can borrow my car um, to, you know, go pick up the girls or whatever. Right. And that was, like, at first, that's you know, I'm That's kind of how it all yeah. like started. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, that's how we got back in touch. Yeah. Okay. She hits me up on the car, and I'm like, nah, man. Uh, I mean, a couple hours go by, and I'm still in the situation where, you know, I lost contact with my, uh, you know, at the time, wife. We're, we're going through it or whatever. I need to go get the kids. I have no vehicle. I take her up on her offer. She comes through. She lets me use it. And then I think, like, you know, she ended up re- returning it back to her. And I told her, thank you. And, and that was really it. You know, I told her, you know, thank you. It wasn't like a, hey, you owe me a date now. Or, like, hey, it was just like, hey, are yeah. you good? You know, yeah. and, and, and and thank you. Yeah. And later that week, we ended up, like, having a get-together at my friend's house. They wanted to, like, hey, you know, Josh mm-hmm. is going through some things with his wife. Let's just have a get-together. Yeah. So I invited her. And I was like, hey, just let you know. I think I appreciate what you did the other day. We're going to have a get together. Um, and you're more than welcome to, you know, come, yeah. you know, if you like to. And she did. At some point, y'all had to have this moment of honesty, I'm assuming, mm-hmm. because yeah. I know that because I went through the same thing with my wife. We'd both been in relationships previously. 
we were tired of the bullshit. Yeah. So you know what? Let's lay all our shit out on the table. Mm -hmm. So at some point, you probably had to have this conversation where, like, look, if we're going to do this, this is going to be the last time. I'm not doing this shit again. So let's get all our shit out. So talk about that dynamic where you guys all of a sudden, I mean, Josh, you probably had to tell some ugly some ugly truths about yourself man the honesty came out of the gate because when when like i said i invited her over she let me use the car it wasn't a relationship thing i'm heartbroken i want my wife back at this time i'm 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 crying about my wife to this woman and she's just there eventually like she ends up being somebody that she's just listening to me and i have i I need so she knew all the dirt before it was actually even a romantic thing yeah i mean i had to explain how the hell i ended up on this mattress on the floor (laughs) (laughs) she just sent me on facebook you know living my best life like (laughs) something had to happen so yeah yeah. she's like you know i I just get to talking and i needed somebody to talk to you know i would blow my kid's mom up yeah and i had to realize hey that that window is closed you Mm. can text as much you can call as much Uh that woman does not want to hear from you and it's like you're hurting so much at that time you just and they had to learn to just deal with it yeah and i had to let him like figure it out for himself as well like i i couldn't sit here and tell him like hey you know it's done it's over yeah i had to let him figure it out yeah she was watching your crazy ass blowing up your baby's moment and she yeah and it was hard to let him sit here and figure it out for him yeah yeah i i know what you mean i I know what you mean exactly so So, after that day of course the carols uh you know there was a lot of people there but i think like um aliciana Got her hair braided or something. Somebody braided her hair. I don't know who it was. Uh-huh. So we go back to her mom's house. She's like, hey, man, who braided your hair? She's like, a girl. She's like, what girl? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So uh, ends up, oh, you got a girl over there? And I'm like, man, you know, it's just this petty. Like, we're breaking up. It's, yeah. it's just, you know, we're fighting all the time at this uh-huh. time. All she's doing is hearing me talk about my kid's mom. Like, how is she here right now? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm like, I don't yeah. know what she's seen to me in that yeah. moment where I'm just like, hey, I'm going to use you as an outlet to talk about another woman. Yeah. But yeah. the one thing she was very honest with about was she was like, Look, I'm here to be your friend because there's eventually we're hanging out a lot more than, you know, just any average, you know, friends do. Yeah, you know? And eventually I find out that, you know, my my, you know, my ex-wife is, you know, yeah, you know, we're single. It make, it's clear that we're, that we're not together anymore. Yeah. So I'm like, cool, like, I'm not going to hide this. This is my friend. She's been here for me. She let me use this car. We're going to hang out. Yeah. And she made it very clear. Like, look, figure this marriage thing out before. You try. Because you're like, you know me, I'm a man, right? I got yeah. this girl around. I'm like, you know what? She don't want to be with me. She, she, what's up, girl? You know what I mean? She's like, whoa, 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 whoa. She's, like, <laughs> she's like, look, man, like, figure this out first. Because yeah. I'm almost 30 years old. Yeah. I don't have time to waste over Preach. here. Let's get catching feelings and then you go run back home. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not here to be your rebound. Yeah, I'm not here yeah, to be your rebound. Respect mm-hmm. Respect. Figure out your thing. And I'm going to be here along the way. And then once that's done, if, if this turns into something, then so be it. Which is admirable. Like that's, Yeah, that, that that's really is. mad respect. That's, mad respect. That's something hard. I, I can't imagine doing that. I that tells imagine. you something about her character, yep. though. Yeah, for because sure. Because she wasn't going to sell out yeah. just for a little bit of physical gratification. And what did I do? And with try whole, to win yeah. you over with, with that, yeah. you know? And I've seen it. I've seen it my whole life, you know? So she showed me something that was different. Like, I had, like, like my whole relationship, like, Women knew I was married. Mm-hmm. They didn't yeah. care. Yeah. Hey, you know, like, they, you know, and it got to the point where, like, I seek that attention because I was dealing with so much animosity at home. Like, it just felt good to get that attention. So yeah. that was, like, one of my downfalls as a, as a husband. Like, yeah. so for her to make that stand, I was kind of like, damn. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, hey, girl, come on, girl. You know you want this deal. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. I'm yeah. like, damn. But I, I respected it 
And then eventually, you know, she she sat there and was patient enough to watch yeah. me get yeah. over. It. And yeah. and you're acting, man, what the hell is wrong with this girl? She has man. no kids, she has a good job, she has all these things. But when you hear her story about what the things that she dealt with from also coming out of a long relationship, mm-hmm. even though I was thrown away as this guy who was a failure. Mm-hmm. She's seen, hey, this guy got some things to bring to the table. Yeah. yeah. She saw that potential. And she jumped on it. And yeah. I'm thankful. I wouldn't be here, you know, for a lot of people. And she's definitely one of them. I got a lighthouse tattooed on me when I was going through it. And what that represented was my kids, mm-hmm. Ileana, my brother, my family, mm-hmm. everybody who helped me find my way home through that storm. Because yeah. when you're in that fog, there was times I thought about harming myself. Yeah. I remember I was telling her, like, I was dealing with some things because, like, it wasn't easy, man. I'm in court. All of a sudden, I'm on child support instantly. I'm dealing with a woman that I used to be married to. She won't look at me. Yeah, she's yeah. like, it's bitter. Like the tension is there. Like, yeah, there's things being said in court. I'm just like, man, are you serious? I'm hurting. So you said three words, and I know Chris can vouch for this because he's been married almost ten years. That are so key to good relationships, to healthy relationships. You said honesty. Yep. You said respect. Yep. And you said patience. Yep. She earned your respect when she told you, you know what? I'm just not going to be that side thing. Yeah. All right? You figure that out. She, she, she actually sat in the living room with my ex-wife. Really? And talked to her. Yeah. And let her know, like, hey, this is some of the things I've been through. Uh-huh. And I'm just going to let you know, like, this guy, he loves you. And that I really, I really don't think you should walk away. Yeah. In, like, my... You said that. In the yeah. living room, like, and... It was like one of the most awkward moments by this time. Like my ex-wife was open to her coming because she was like, oh, I'm done with him. He can do whatever he want. Like yeah. she, whatever. That's his friend, mm-hmm. supposedly. Like I'm getting accused of everything in the book. But well, yeah. she's like, yeah, you want to yeah. come? Because at this point that she's met the kid. Uh-huh. My kids are coming around her. Mm-hmm. I don't want to introduce my kids to like a whole bunch of women. Of course. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But she's being there as a yeah. friend. And I remember her, she even went in there and said that. Um, so it was... Yeah, yeah. yeah she, she, I, I, I so that, that made respect her a lot. Man, that sure. she earned your respect, Definitely. and then she showed patience because, you know, you was a mess. You was going through all your shit, and you know she watched you blowing up your baby's mama and stuff. But she showed patience and restraint because you said you had a crush on him in high school. So I'm mm. sure there was something in the back of your mind that was like, and you saw what he was going through. He really opened himself up to you. So at some point, you got to be thinking like. Man, like there's something about him that I like, but you realize he's in this situation that you can't really jump on top of until that's for sure done. So that mm-hmm. showed patience. And then the honesty between both of you, just like keeping it real. That's the key, man. That's yeah. that's the why y'all are sitting here. And that's for why sure. I'm confident that in 20 years, y'all will be sitting here together because and it just takes growing up, dude. Yeah, it just takes growing up. When we got married. We were babies. We didn't yeah. know none of that shit. For sure. We didn't know about. Back then, if a lie was just a little white lie, it wasn't yeah. a big deal, you know? To go through that experience, everything that you went through was preparing you to be with the woman you were supposed to be with. And that's what draws me and you together like this, bro. Yeah, for sure. Because all of the differences that we had growing up, the time we spent apart, all of a sudden, our lives started to mirror one another. Yeah. Almost exactly. Yeah. I remember coming over here um, before the divorce, and I was just going through some things. And I, I spent the night, and my brother came outside and he talked to me. And I know what he'd been through, you know, but we never really just had that heart to heart. Let's just talk about it. Mm-hmm. And he came and gave me some advice, man. And he was just telling me, and I got really emotional. Like it was what I needed to hear at the time. Yeah. And I knew that 
hey, as much, all these differences that me and my brother have had, if I'm going to go through this, his advice is going to be key to this because yeah. I watched this dude battle some, yeah. some obstacles. Yeah. yeah. Going through the same thing. So definitely thanks to you and, and even Chris, man, because we got to realize when I first started coming over that first Thanksgiving, you know, because this is a 2018 is, is when it, it, you know, it all ended in around January of 2019 mm-hmm. in the holiday season. I, we came over here. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, Ileana was came came with me and um, yeah. it was just a it was a rough time at that time. And I'm so damn proud that I went through it. Yeah. Like I, I used to hate it. And all I needed, you know, I remember it was a point in time. I was like, man, I'm just going to take my life. And I told <laughs> I told Ileana this. Like man, I'm just gonna take my own life. Like I don't even care anymore. Like it's not even worth it. And she looked so pissed, you know. And she walked away, and she came back, and she had her phone, and she shows me a picture of my kids. My bad. <laughs> You're good. And um, You're good. she says, "This is who you live for." That's real. And talk. she said, "Don't don't forget who you live for." At the end of the day. You harm yourself. Your ex moves on. Your kids are without a father forever. Yeah, that's the truth. And um, man, that's what I needed to hear at that time. Like, I can't even explain it to you because I used to look down. Like, man, how are you going to take your own life? Like, that's so weak minded. These people. But when you're in it, yeah. And when you feel defeated, when you feel like nothing's going your way, and man, it's a dark place. Yeah. And she definitely reached her hand in there and helped me uh, get out of there. Like, told me exactly what I needed. And eventually, I stopped trying to live. For my ex and for other people's approval, and I started living to be proud of myself and to my kids to be proud of me. And once I realized that I had my kids sign off, I was a hero in their eyes. Didn't yeah. matter how anybody else yeah. felt. That's me who validates that. you. Yeah, That's sure. who validates you. And so now that goal you had when you were a young kid and feeling like you were alone and you didn't have family, and you were like, "Oh, I'm gonna be a father. I'm gonna make a family of my own." It took you a little bit longer. It took you some more obstacles. It took you yeah. going through some more shit yeah. to help you appreciate it. But look where you're sitting right now, bro. Yeah, for sure. Um, and we talked about our prayer circle at Thanksgiving uh, this past this past Thanksgiving in November. Yeah. I sat there and I watched you and I remembered when I was going through this shit. <clears throat> Excuse us, man. Them Stevenson boys are some emotional boys. Let me tell you Good what. <laughs> but no, I sat there and I remembered... When I was fighting for custody of Maddie, and I was looking, I was standing in that circle, and there was not a single blood relative of mine standing around me, but I had family. I had Chris. I had Haley. I had Whitney. I had people who loved me, and it didn't matter what God I prayed to or if I didn't pray at all or none of that mattered. And what we've come to discover, and the reason that I wanted to do all in the family, parts one, two, three, family is what you make it. Absolutely. Family is what you make it. It don't have shit to do with blood. It has to do with going through life together. Yeah. Going through experiences. Mm-hmm. Everybody sitting at this table, we've gone through shit together. Real life shit. Okay? Nothing, nothing. We live in a world that's torn apart because of politics, because of people who don't agree on shit that don't matter. It don't matter. What matters is that having somebody next to you at your toughest moment to tell you, you know what? You're going to be all right. Absolutely. You're going to make it because Absolutely. I got you. And everybody at this table has done that for one another at some point. Yeah. So that is the main reason that I wanted to get people to know our circle. You know what I mean? Yeah. All in the family was about letting people know yeah. what our circle is like. Yeah, it's definitely it's describing, you know, 
why you guys are who you are. You know, it starts with the moms and then the wives, the women that support you, and then the other people, the family, the brothers. And, yeah. you know, we've, we've made our own, you know, like a, none of us at this table other than me and my brother are blood related, yeah. you know, but we're definitely family. Yeah. And I, I've been through it and I've worried about, you know, I like when I went through my divorce or whatever, like the whole family, all my in-laws, I mean, it was instant done. And that hurt yeah. because I had really not been close to my blood family because I'd really yeah. been involved, involved in that. And that was hard. And then, you know, all those things, you know, they toughened me up. But you learn sometimes my my problem in life was I wanted to fit people into, oh, that's my brother. Oh, that's my, yeah. that's my boy. That, that's mm-hmm. this and that. And it ain't about what you tell yourself people are. It's about what they show you. Oh, yeah. And, and what they do for you. And um, when somebody shows you, I used to say, man, if somebody shows you their true colors for good or bad, mm-hmm. you remember what you saw. Yeah. Because it's easy to make it, oh, well, maybe he was, no, man. If he shows you that that dude has some snake tendencies, yeah. this guy's not for you. You realize what you saw yeah. and, 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 and distance yourself from that person. But when somebody shows you a type of loyalty, a love, and respect, we're all imperfect. We're going to disappoint each other. We're going to get mad. But, man, those pe- are the people you got to hold on to because life's yeah. rough sometimes. And it has its ups and downs. And the only way you're going to get over those obstacles is making sure that, you know, that, that team you keep around you is is solid. You yeah. know, for sure. Mm-hmm. For real. For sure. Well, now that we got all the emotions and the <laughs> tears streaming out of the way, hey, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm so glad that you two came on. For sure, uh, yeah, absolutely. I wanna I wanna move things to a little bit of a lighter note. I wanna congratulate. First of all, it's my brother's twenty second. <laughs> this uh, it's my twenty ninth birthday. Twenty ninth birthday today. Happy birthday, sir. I appreciate it. And from uh, um, t- t- two thousand nine, like I said, that incident happened. You know, it's uh, you know, be uh, eleven years later, and uh, yeah. you know, I'm sitting here with there you guys. Go. Hell yeah, hell yeah, living and breathing. And you <laughs> sure. guys are now celebrating a year yeah. together. Yeah, your anniversary last weekend. We Congratulations went to the, uh, on that. Took her to her first Rockets game. Nice. Yeah, I messed Did up. Did we win? Yeah, we won. Okay, cool. You got to take like, and play somebody. Sorry. Like, man, case. my anniversary weekend was going so great. I was like, dude, like it's my anniversary weekend. I went to the Rockets game. We went and got a hotel in Seabrook. And I was like, man, this is going to be the greatest anniversary ever. The Texans are about to go to the AFC Championship. (laughs) And then the next day, you know, five minutes into the game. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I'm like, like five minutes in the first quarter, I'm like, it's happening. It's happening, baby. And then, you know, anybody knows me, I'm a huge Texans fan. I was let down that day. But we had a great weekend. Mm -hmm. And it was really a time for us to, to, I'm sorry, a time for us to reflect on how far we come. And some people could probably look at us and be like, man, you know, it ain't about material things. You know, there's some of the most yeah. wealthiest people are, are, you know, financially rich people are suffering inside. We're, we're wealthy in, in love and yeah. respect and family. And that's something that you can't buy. And um, I'm definitely, Word. definitely happy where we're at right now. Word. Well, let's see how far you have come. Oh, oh. <laughs> go ahead and play that. Go yeah, ahead play that yeah. sound bite again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. So. Let's play a little game called the newlywed game. Now, you guys are not married yet. Um, you can tell us if that's in the works, so you don't let that be a surprise. We got to surprise you on that one. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> that's cool, that's cool. Well, what we're going to do is we're going to find out just how well you guys know one another. I've got a series of questions, Josh. I want you to tell me Hopefully how you think. About sexual positions. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to tell oh, that me. That would have been a great question. Yeah, I want you to tell me what you think Ileana's answer was to these questions. All right. If you are correct, you will hear this sound. Yeah, buddy. All righty. If you are incorrect, you will hear this sound. All righty. Are you ready, sir? I'm 
ready. Once again, this is how you think Ileana would answer these questions. I asked Ileana, what is her idea of a perfect date night? How do you think she answered? Oh, Lord. I don't know, man. Ily's not really too picky. She, you know, long we're together, say go to Longhorn Steakhouse, get a steak, and then have sex. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Our answer was dinner, movie, and whoopee. <laughs> All righty. Uh, All right, good job, dude. You're up one. You're up one. Uh, I asked Ileana, what is your biggest pet peeve with Josh? How do you think she answered that? Definitely um, leaving my clothes on the floor. Um, <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> oh, yeah. All righty. Definitely that. Yes. Okay. That is I, I, I just want to make sure she sees them. Because I feel like if I don't leave them on the floor, they might. Get, <laughs> I might not have clothes for work tomorrow. You don't see that they're dirty. All right. Very good. You're two for two. What is Ileana's favorite Star Wars character? Oh, my. Man, it's really a toss-up. And I hope I get it right. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say Yoda or... <laughs> <laughs> gonna learn today. I was gonna say, hey, Chewy, you gotta be Chewy, right? There you go. Yeah, I'm, buddy. Okay. She, she's so, short like Yoda. I'm hairy like Chewy, so I knew it was like. We'll give you a half a point for that all since right, you, cool. uh, yeah, since you answered partially correct. We got, we're, we're gonna we're, fight all the way we'll home now. <laughs> you know I don't like Yoda. <laughs> okay. What food does Ileana refuse to eat? Can I get like a phone a friend or like a clue? Because <laughs> like, there's so many different types of food and like we eat so much. Like, yes, yes. We eat a lot. Like is it a main course? Just is take a, a stab on what you think she would have answered that question. <laughs> I know this ain't the answer, but it's true. Chitlins. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Uh, she answered oysters. Oh, my In God. Fact. I knew that, dude. I'm, oh, she makes me go outside if I eat them. She said they, they smell like booty. <laughs> All right. Speaking of smells, I asked Illy, what smell does Josh's body odor most resemble? How do you think she answered that? Um, sexy beast. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, <laughs> is that right? <laughs> oh, no. Either, okay. Either that or a, a sewage worker. Uh, one of the two. Probably. Close. She said ass. So. <laughs> Man. All right. There's one question I could not get an answer from her, but I know you'll answer it. Uh, I asked Illy to tell us one thing that she would say during sex. Oh, my God. There's really so much. Uh, it's like, you know, one thing about, you know, Latin women, they have like multiple personalities, so it's like, you know, right. it might be something Spanish, it might be um I really want to blast you right now and say something crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm thinking about. You know thinking about. Um, Do you have the balls to say it? I'm gonna see. I'm gonna say something that doesn't, you know, put her out there too bad. Um, really it's probably hey, we can really save y'all's bad. relationship and just not say it. It's cool. You don't yeah, gotta put that. I'm uh, just letting you know if you actually go on the newlywed game, that might be a question that y'all get asked. One and if you I'm, really are com- like right now, you're not competing against anybody. Yeah. And there's no prize money, no nothing. But yeah. uh, if you actually were to do that, money was on the line. I'll just say that there's reasons why she refused to answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> That's a safe bet. That's yeah. a safe bet. All righty. Well, thank you guys very much for playing. 
Thank you for being on the podcast. Chris, this is probably the least you've spoken ever on our podcast. I'm just taking it all in, man. I'm (laughs) I'm glad, man. But um, this has been fun. This All in the Family series. I really hope that everybody has enjoyed it as much as we have. I hope you feel like you know us a little bit more. I hope you feel like you know our circle, where we come from. I've said it before. The best part about doing this podcast is connecting with people. I know there's probably some shit we said at this table today that's going to resonate with some people out there. Or maybe they're going through the things we went through now, and they can see the way that we handled it. And hopefully we can just be an inspiration. We can inspire people to maybe their siblings out there who have some dissension between them, they can use us as an example as you like, you know what, whatever we went through at the end of the day, what's important is that we're family and that we have each other's back during the toughest times. So definitely another thing I want to say, and I know we're trying to wrap it up is uh, we talked about is anybody in that situation similar to to both of us, uh, you know, going through a divorce or going through a breakup, you know, kids involved, uh, courts and stuff like, I'm going to tell you right now, if if you're going through that, you know, if you're about to go through that, it really doesn't go our way too much. But hang in there and and try to just, you know, roll with the punches. Don't give up because, like Ileana told me, like the kids count on us and everybody, you know, it, it gets better. I promise you. I promise you it gets better. And, and I'm standing here in front of you as living proof. It gets Brother, better. Brother, we are both a living Absolutely. testament to that. It's better. And I'm so proud of you. Thank you. How far you've come. I'm proud of our ability to put aside all that bullshit. I know you used to beat you up. <laughs> I can still make you laugh before mama give me a whooping. Yeah, uh, for sure. I, I just, I'm so glad that kept as close as we have, despite all of that. I feel like even when we weren't super tight, I hope you always knew if you were really in a jam, you could always call me. Yeah. I was never going to ignore your phone call and tell you no. Like it, even when we weren't best, best friends. Yeah. Anytime you called me or vice versa. Yeah. It was no questions asked. If we was in a jam, we could count on one another. And that's the wonderful dynamic we have about our family, all of us. It's a great thing. Thank you guys so much for being on here. Ladies and gentlemen, if you guys are continuing to enjoy our content, please share it. Let everybody know that the Stevensons, the Clarks, the Steven Arks, as we've dubbed ourselves, (laughs) are good people. Very entertaining. We say some walling out shit sometimes, but you know what? Uh, all we want to do is entertain, bring people together, and have good conversation. Once again, we are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Go look us up. Like, share, comment. Let us know what you think about this All in the Family series. If we have said anything here that resonates with you, let us know. We want to interact with you guys. Once again, Smells Like Middle-Aged Spirit is by the people for the people. Chris, you got anything you want to add over there, bro? You've been you've been sitting quiet. Do you feel entertained? I, Are you entertained? <laughs> Are you not entertained? <laughs> no. I feel like Gladiator. No, <laughs> He's man. like, man, I thought my life was wrong. I'm glad I didn't live with these guys. <laughs> yeah, it's all jacked up. <laughs> Just taking a different perspective, man. I, yeah, I, man. I've never, I've never lived through anything like that. Just yeah. being honest, my life was like the prime example of humdrum shit. You know. <laughs> Yeah, it makes you appreciate when you sometimes you listen to other people, it it makes you appreciate. And then there's also some things about your guys' lives that kind of mirrored one another. You know, you going through the trouble you went through in Mm -hmm. school. So you can relate to my brother on that level in a way that I never could. Yeah, absolutely. So that's why I love doing this (laughs) podcast, man. I love sitting down, having conversations, talking and just getting to know one another. There's times that I learn things about you guys 
by sitting here and doing this. Yeah, of course. And that's what this whole thing has been all about. So if you don't have anything to add, I'm going to get us out of here from my brother Josh and his lovely girlfriend, Illy. My name's Nick Stevenson. And I'm Chris Clark. We'll see you all next time. You've been listening to the Smells Like Middle-Aged Spirit Podcast with Nick and Chris. For more show content, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.